0: Welcome to Black Man in the Right World, where we talk about me, a black man.
1: In this crazy white world.
0: Oh, we're going to get to that. See, I'm going to talk about arts and entertainment, but oh, we're going to touch on that too. Okay, go off. All right. Hey everybody, this is Mike. And his white roommate Grant. And today we're going to talk about... Origin Stories. How I came to be the token black guy. And me, the altruistic white guy. And then we're gonna to touch on how these origin stories shape how we see the world today. Who gets to be the hero and the villain? You obviously are the villain. Ah, damn it. Yep. There was nothing they could do to prevent it. It was a month too early, but the fates had decided that on this day he would enter the world despite their concerns. Deep within a city, nestled beside the Santa Ana River at the seat of the Inland Empire, a frightened married couple, dedicated workers of a lucrative warehouse, anticipated the early arrival of their second-born son. His frail and fragile body, too weak for this world, remained at the hands of the hospital for days on end, every finger quaking with fear that it was too soon and he would not make it. What they didn't know was that Destiny had other plans for this child, and he would take on the name of his mother's most celebrated athletic hero, Michael, son of Cooper. In an effort to match his remarkable nature, they adopted the spelling of Michael, son of Thompson, for this child, too, was a son of Thompson. Within a family of four, he resided alongside his elder brother in time, eventually, only months passing his ninth birthday, a miracle in the form of a sister blessed upon his family in their darkest time arrived. His father and mother, both originally from two very different Thompson clans, instilled upon him the courage to challenge the world designed for him to instead build the world he wanted to live in with his own hands and his own mind. His father was a curious knowledge seeker, his mother a crafty homemaker, and together with their skills, he began to develop the remarkable ability to tell stories and craft worlds from a single thought in his mind. His brother, a prodigal artist, trained Michael rigorously in the art of storytelling at the young age of seven crafting together complete stories, fully formed fantasy worlds, and unrivaled imagination born from their time spent in Middle Earth and various lands originated from Japan through video games and animation. Michael was raised in the heart of Kern County amongst the farms and the oil fields, a climate that would prepare him from an ominous dangers of racism, bigotry, and identity politics. He became a product of suburbia in every way. His elementary schools, his secondary education, and beyond, had one common theme, whiteness. What should have been a natural life became constant navigation between being the other different, the one with the dark skin, for he was at many times the only black child in the classrooms. Michael used comedy as a shield to protect him from bigotry and ridicule, and at times it became a dark power that consumed his good nature. It was one particular day In secondary school when Michael was on the verge of losing, being forced to write journalistic articles based solely on his race that he finally broke. The invisible chains of oppression shattered. He was no longer at the mercy of bigotry, but instead its worst enemy, for he would never hold his tongue again. Despite all odds, his latent powers emerged, and now he was in control of the token black narrative for all eternity, a champion of prejudicial ridicule and destroying the foolish bullshit of our world. He is the black man in the right world. The time was 1.23
1: a.m. The when, August 16th, 1991. The where, Oceanside, California. The who was Jen and Scott, and the what was Grant. Never mind the why, you know why. Born and raised into comfortable yet decidedly middle-class circumstances, Grant never thought much about his early formative years, except that three of them were spent in snowy Massachusetts where his sister Marla was born and that even at his earliest, he found ways of acting out against his privilege, cutting a lamp cord here, burying a beloved toy in the sand there. These were sudden, impulsive choices, but each its own act of rebellion against what he would later realize was his own shadow self. It was only after the family settled down in Buellton, California, known to outsiders almost exclusively for its pea soup restaurant and gas stations, that his memories returned to him in vivid 75 mm technicolor. Despite the wealth of middle-class abundance available growing up on milky white Dairyland Road, It's an actual road. Grant was a lonely kid who spent nearly every waking hour of his day in his own imagination, playing out days-long action-adventure campaigns with his toys, acting out Dragon Ball Z-inspired fighting tournaments one day, or freedom-fighting overthrowing of underwater Lego mining colonies the next. Visions of Star Wars-style epic sagas of good versus evil always underpinning everything. Grant eventually befriended some fellow neighbor kids and even some classmates at school, but he was always more fascinated with the surreal than his immediate surroundings, which is why the first time he picked up the pencil to write a story, it was based on a dream he had, and the first time he got a black eye, it was from a door he ran into at night after a bad dream. As Grant grew up a stone's throw from the medieval Danish paradise of Solvang, a dark truth began to reveal itself. Grant had lived a pretty sheltered life, and his nerdy nature made him a bit of a shy social pariah with body image issues whose loneliness grew into insecurity and obsession with video games and action movies as escape. All of these antisocial tendencies made his deep need to socialize with peers difficult to navigate, and led him to constantly shifting identities in order to fit in with someone, or something. He settled on the dark arts, finding solace in hardcore music, red fonts against black backgrounds on AOL and Messenger, and long hair identifying him as emo. He even wrote a live journal blog about his feelings. Ugh. It was only after a hard year and a half of having no friends in high school that he finally began to discover his true power. Ironically, thanks to the video game World of Warcraft, he was able to craft a more confident version of himself. Someone who could be funny and also nerdy and not be so damn anxious. He was also gaining a working knowledge of technology and honing his craft, training how to become a black belt in videography and screenwriting thanks to video productions class under the Indie Film Guidance of the great Master Roger Novalis. Let's make no mistake, Grant spent his fair share of time playing the, the victim and the villain. As with great privilege comes great irresponsibility. With each new group of friends and a romantic relationship he made, he gained new allies and made new enemies, mostly to his own moral miscalculations or petty miscommunications. But from the ashes of each mistake, he steered a course for himself away from his sinister selfish pursuits or woe-is-me whiny ways and towards a more helpful and transformative pursuit of paraphrasing Dr. Martin Luther King, paraphrasing the words of 19th century abolitionist and Unitarian minister Theodore Parker, bending the arc of the moral universe towards justice. He went on to formalize his training in acting and writing, fought and won and lost many battles working in the world of marketing and PR, and has now settled in as a wordsmith for hire. With a newfound faith, Grant has since vowed to use his powers for the greater good, becoming altruistic white man, the hero no one asked for, but is here now anyway. Nice, that was good.
0: Yeah, I I liked it.
1: I liked yours. Yours was powerful. You know, you sounded like Thor.
0: I, I mean... As I should.
1: Son of I, Odin.
0: You got definitely had like the noir vibe. Like I felt like you were like, you grew up in the gutters and then you like became a crusader of the night. <laughs> a little bit of Batman action yeah, going on. Yeah, had like he definitely had Batman like I'm a loner but a hero vibes going.
1: Yeah, we well going for that whole anti-hero thing, I guess, because it wasn't all wasn't all peaches and cream.
0: I mean, shit, my. My childhood definitely was not peaches and cream. It was a lot of vanilla. a lot of vanilla ice cream and mayonnaise <laughs> everywhere. Racist ass mayonnaise with in unflavored uh potato salad with raisins in it.
1: Ouch. That I doesn't sound school. good.
0: Yeah. Not my house. My mom and my family were were very southern and very black. Black as fuck.
1: That was all of the surrounding houses that you'd go to <laughs> if your friends and stuff. Yeah,
0: I would go to the, I would I would not eat dinner at friends' houses cuz I like, I ain't got time to be eating these Carrots, it tastes like just pure water and mashed potatoes, ain't got no salt on it. Oh, no. Just a mess. I don't, I mean, this is me generalizing. I don't know how y'all cook food at your house, but it would well, be having like, barely any seasoning.
1: Fun fact, there was barely any cooking at my parents' house. Um, my mom, you know, no shade, doesn't really cook. So it would be a lot of, like, pre-prepared meals, like Lunchables and then, like, you know, bag of meals from Schwann's, although... I know people hate the term "bag of meal" because it just sounds bag of meal. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I've never even heard of that.
1: Uh, it's like maybe it's just something that my family says, but yeah, it's like probably bagged meals. It's kind of like TV dinner. That yeah, my mom thing.
0: definitely like we. I mean, because my both of my parents worked uh, my whole time growing up. That's right. Uh, we ate definitely a lot of like takeout food as well, but my mom could fuck up a kitchen. She could tear that shit down. So like, nice. she definitely was a cook. My mom fucks up some lasagna. Ooh, I yeah. don't want to cook lasagna,
1: but mostly my mom's like
0: dish. black eyed peas, cornbread, collard greens. Uh, Sounds good. Every type of meat, turkey roast, ham. Her ham is, I'm so mad that I'm a, like a vegan or whatever the hell I am now because I just miss like having the ham. Mm. Yeah.
1: But I was never a ham person personally.
0: Really? Yeah, I, I didn't to, like him. We would fuck up everything. That, like, my my upbringing was very, it had elements of being very, like, old school when I went home. But mm. then it was very conflicting, because then I would go to, like, my elementary school and uh, junior high and all that, and it was very, like, suburban, white neighborhood.
1: Yeah. So should we should we dive into these origin stories? Should we yeah I have, each other? I
0: have, like, follow-up questions What's... about...
1: Yeah, About Grant good.
0: Harvey, the altruistic white man that no uh, one asked for. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: have I have plenty of questions about just the experience of the black man growing up in the right world. So
0: yeah. So uh, first, uh, you were born in Oceanside, which is crazy because I was born in Riverside.
1: Oh, is that what that was? Okay, so I I highlighted here in your bio because we have each other's bios. Yeah, in front I got of us. very
0: fucking like. Creative with like how I presented it.
1: I liked it. So you said the Santa Ana River at the seat of the Inland Empire, and I was like, "Is that where Bakersfield is?" Because I'm just no, like no, no. Dumb.
0: Yeah, Santa Ana River at Got the it. seat of the Inland Empire. Riverside is at the seat of Riverside County. It's
1: so good. That's so that's Come well on. put together. Um. So we're a bunch of side bodies. I don't know. Yeah, we're
0: side babies. I don't side know. babies. One, one by the river, one by the ocean. Like I guess I'm Moses.
1: <laughs> what does that make me? What Noah? I guess.
0: I don't know. I don't know. Biblical don't know illusions. If you're
1: good with biblical illusions, hit us up. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us who we are.
0: But, so that's cool. Both born in like normal ass cities that we didn't even end up living in. Yeah. Um, for that long. Uh, I think I was just born there. I didn't even live there. I lived in like Rialto wherever the hell that is.
1: My parents lived in Oceanside for a couple of years. And then I guess recently they found out that the house that they used to live in or the street that they used to live in has, like, a massive crack in it, it's, like, the whole street's eroding, and it's, like, going into, like, I don't know if it's, like, falling off the side of a cliff or what, but, like, it's definitely... Oh, my God.
0: Wait, why are you, you guys living on a cliff?
1: Well, it's, like, tectonic plates are moving underneath it. Oh, my God. And I don't know. This just
0: sounds like privilege crumbling. <laughs> Your That's pretty accurate. Your parents' names are Jan and Jen and Scott. Jennifer and Scott. I'm yeah. Sorry, I know. But it's just funny because my mom and dad name named Kathy and Bart. I didn't say their names, but... Bartholomew and Kathy. So like there's we very like I don't know. It sounds like a bunch of characters from a naked night TV show. <laughs> <laughs> like Jennifer, Scott, Bartholomew, Kathy. Yeah, all like the... they would be
1: neighbors with each other yeah. in a sitcom and yeah, in the nineties. <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly, yeah. like they just like the descendants of Ethel and Fred Mertz from I Love Lucy.
1: Oh, I'm glad you know their names because I definitely you know.
0: don't remember Ethel and Fred. Oh my no. god,
1: I barely remember Ricky. To be honest with you,
0: that is one of the best. My brother and I, who I also talk about, uh, we spent so much time together, like growing up.
1: I follow up uh, questions about him.
0: Uh, yeah, but we would watch I Love Lucy. We watched. He loved it more than I did, but I just can't get out of my head this scene where like Ricky Ricardo falls into the ocean and then he like oh, no. climbs out and at the looks at him, she goes, are you wet? <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is just classic comedy she right there. A,
0: yeah. She was a motherfucking who. Um,
1: <laughs> That's so good. But
0: yeah, I, my family makeup is my older brother who's six years older than me. And then my little sister, uh, who is nine years younger than me. I can't remember. I think she's nine years younger than me. That makes the most sense because she's like twenty two.
1: Yeah. Well, she's like Kate's age, right? Yeah.
0: She's the same age as Kate.
1: Yeah. So about about Which that. Which is interesting. Yeah. But,
0: um, yeah. So I had them. I also have an older sister. I have no idea how old she is. Just being straight up and real, uh, because she is, she she has a different mother. So we kind of distant, but whatever. That's the realness of the of, of life. The realness but,
1: of the pod. Uh, yeah, I have a sister too. I said it in the bio, but she's three years younger than me. And yeah, that's besides, you know, her, it's just us. So it was one of those things where, you know, growing up, older brother, younger sister, you know, we we were friends as kids, and then there's that period where you're not, and then and then, you know, we've developed a good friendship later in life. So
0: What is your follow-up question about my brother?
1: Well, okay. I so he's an artist. Yes. He, So you guys would work on a lot of stuff together?
0: Yeah. He actually, like, uh, he started drawing when he was, like, two years old or something.
1: Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. He would,
0: like, draw weird, like, people with, like, weird bodies or whatever. And my mom and dad would be, like, what are these? And he would, like, call them (laughs) double
1: Ds. Wait. Call them what? Double Ds. Double Ds? Double
0: Ds. Yeah. Huh. I don't know why he called them that, but I was, like, the titties? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> but I, I took so it as, funny. I was like, maybe he's like say, trying to say doodle Oh, that could be But I was like, if he's trying to say doodle at like two years old and he's calling double D's This is all already, this is too much
1: Or just because it's like the, the shape of
0: a D on top of another D like Yeah, whatever, he was probably trying to say drawing But he just couldn't say it, I don't know But either way, he was That's drawing cute. that shit when he was really little um, And then I was like the one that did all the reading and writing when I was really small Um, my mom, like, would make handmade flashcards and then make me sit there and, like, learn, like, all the, like, letters and sounds and shit with her. She, like, homeschooled me while I was in preschool and in kindergarten. And so, like, because of that, like, I would learn all the bullshit that little white school would teach me. But then I would go home and be like, you got to learn these letters and shit. But it helped because by the time I was six, I was fucking up, you know, Dr. Seuss and shit. I was reading everything.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. Like chapter books and stuff, right? Yeah. yeah, and then
0: like eventually, my brother would like he would draw pictures like the covers of the books and the characters and shit, and then I would help him like come up with the stories and, and like the different books, and we would write like horror not horror stories. That's so superhero cool. Superhero stories. We had like an entire superhero world. Oh, he yeah. had so he had a bunch of characters that he made and like a bunch of different teams, um, with pictures and shit, um, called the Warriors of 2010. I remember that. But the it's one funny. years of
1: two thousand ten. Yeah,
0: but it's funny because what 2010 is gone coming gone. That's so at some fun, point though. I think when we got older we were like, oh, it might have to be 2010. But yeah, we made that and <laughs> um, the biggest thing was our video game that we made, which was like three video games in an entire world. Called Wonders of the Gems, which is I don't even want to get into that, but that's a whole another takes a whole nother So day. wait,
1: it's a video game like you wrote like the and designed We
0: basically wrote the story behind it. Gotcha. So it was it was first a story before it became we just said one day we'd like for it to be a video game.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. I mean is that something that you would hold on to and make one day? Oh
0: absolutely. That's my motherfucking Magnum opus.
1: What? Wonders of the Gems?
0: Yeah. Ooh. When I, like I it. when the time comes. Uh I actually fun fact I also wrote a book in high school that was based on an alternate reality of that world it's I never did anything with it
1: that's so funny yeah I was writing a bunch of I would always do that I remember I did that in sixth grade where I didn't include this in the bio but I would start writing like chapters of books and just bring it to class and read it and it wasn't that good it was like derivative of like whatever I was watching at the time where I just like oh I like Batman Beyond and like Final Fantasy 9 so I'm just going to combine them and, and just write my own story and then I just make my friends read it in class. Wait,
0: so you like Final Fantasy 2?
1: Oh, we, I mean we went over this uh, last yeah. time but yeah, definitely. I mean I'm playing
0: like I don't know that. But <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that's crazy cuz like I I was like obsessed with Final Fantasy like Japanese RPGs and shit. Dragon Quest and Final Fantasy were my two favorite games. And then those companies were like, bitch, we got you. And then they fused together. And now it's Square Enix. And, and they make both of them. That's so but, cool. But, uh, yes, yeah, so awesome. that was my whole childhood it was that, Miyazaki movies, Little Nemo. Uh, not Nemo with the fin, the fish. Nemo. I know what you're talking about. Slumberland. Yeah. Yes. That movie
1: was scary to me as a kid. Like, all of the dark I magic it. And But everything. The, the,
0: yeah, the Nightmare Land was, nightmare uh, it was not okay. Land. That shit was terrifying. But yeah, I've been—I was been into like fantasy and like action and adventure for my whole life and telling stories. Like when you had the part, you, know, you used to like set up your toys and like play it all out, right? Oh yeah, I would oh, do that hours, shit for hours. hours. It would take me, like, four hours. I'd be setting up my Star Wars and my G.I. Joes and shit. Yeah. And, like, have a whole... I have backstories for these characters and shit. Like, who the fuck was going to listen to this? There was no audience (laughs) but me. But I would have, like... I'd be, like, she's a princess and this, this, and this. And they're going to, like, take over this, like, area over here. And then he's going to have a war on this side. I have a whole story, different voices and shit.
1: Well, okay, that's one thing that I can't remember with myself growing up. Do you remember, like, would you actually act it out and, like, be, like, saying it out loud?
0: I I feel I like remember. sometimes I would when I needed to like flesh out like a scene. Yeah. <laughs> but most like of the time it was happening when... in my head. Okay. So it was very like, it was very kind of like w- creepy. Like if I, if someone, was, my mom and dad probably like looked in the room and were like, mm, oh, this nigga crazy. <laughs> <laughs> he, he been in there for five hours with them toys. But I mean, <laughs> shit, they bought it for me. So that's your fault. Yeah. But I loved it. Like that was like, I had to tell stories that way.
1: Yeah, and I think that, I th- like, I had this discovery or realization, you know, stupidly way late in life where I was like, oh, that's why I want to do screenwriting and writing in general is because it's literally just that version of that. Which oh, yeah. Is just the adult version of playing with toys in your room.
0: I'm just pissed because if I, if we would have had Spotify and YouTube when I was younger, like, fuck, I could have had background music and shit. Like, I would have been out of control because <laughs> I was doing all this shit in complete, complete silence.
1: Oh yeah, I remember so, one time in high school we played Risk, like Lord of the Rings Risk and like there's we listened to the Lord of the Rings like soundtrack and to while we were playing Lord of the Rings oh, Risk, wow, That was cool. Yeah, we it, I mean not,
0: but I cuz by the time I'm a senior in high school like we still had LimeWire and shit, so that's what we were doing. We were like illegally downloading, like I was legally downloading like soundtracks and shit. Sorry, I know it was back then, like what I don't know. It, oh Statue yeah, of everyone was a like, pirate. <laughs> like, can I still be tried for this? Uh, but I feel every kid in
1: in middle school in early two thousands was a was a pirate. Of yeah, MP3. I didn't realize
0: how like bad it was, but like I definitely was like downloading like Lord of the Rings soundtracks and shit. I was like, I got it. Um... <laughs> But yeah, that so that's cool that we both like were telling the story. I guess that's probably what got us really connected where we are now.
1: Yeah. Definitely. I will
0: say where we grew up cuz I grew up in Bakersfield, California. That's I right. grew up in Belton. So it sounds it sounds pretty much like a hick town mind is. Is it a hick town or?
1: Kind of was. I mean the the road that I grew up on, it um is in a housing development that used to be on a cattle ranch. So that's why it's called Dairyland. Oh, so okay. it's actually a cattle farm um, or dairy farm.
0: There's Bolt uh, Boathouse Farms and all that shit was is right like only a couple miles from where I grew up. So mm. it was everyone always says when I drove to, I drove through Bakersfield and it was just cow fields and shit. And I'm like, it's more than that. But yes, you did drive past a bunch of fucking horse manure and cow manure and. <laughs> Bullshit. Yeah,
1: and if you go north on the 5, it's just a lot more of that, isn't it? Yeah, it
0: just looks like there's nothing but that, and I'm like, yeah. pretty much. Well, but there's, there's a lot ton of
1: cows, that. like, when you're on the 101, too, like, around our neighborhood. Like, when you go from Buellton to Santa Maria, just all cows. All rolling hills and all
0: cows. Oh, wow. I It's funny, because I didn't even really realize exactly where the placement of Santa Maria and Santa Barbara and all these areas were until I became older and started driving more. When I was a little kid, I was like, I don't have no idea where Santa Barbara is. I have no idea where mm. where Solvang and all these places are. Like I just knew that I would pass. We would pass it if we went to certain places. So I was like, How the fuck? Like I don't get it. Like, but we always went to Pismo Beach, uh, where like when we were younger, like that was like Bakersfield's fucking spot. Which now all this makes sense. Because Bakersfield has very similar values to Orange County. So, like, obviously, they're going to go to SLO and Pismo Beach because that is the same equivalent of, like, Huntington Beach and going to, like, Newport. Newport. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, they got to go to their water. They got to go to their, you know, their beaches, their mountains to go camping and go skiing and then be racist somewhere. (laughs)
1: Uh. (laughs) he races at the beach
0: yeah it what was what were the people like in your hometown
1: um so it's it it is a surprisingly rural area um you know buellton itself is is you know basically just cul-de-sacs and a couple suburbs um but then around it there's a bunch of ranches and farms and um you know, in the greater San Inez Valley, there's a lot of farms, especially in San Inez. Um, if you go to the town of San Inez, it's like a little Western town. So there's a good, I would say there's probably a third of people are like kind of more just like what you'd think of as like suburban um, moms and families. But what
0: what's the like ethnic makeup? I was, like, get, get I was getting there. Get into it. Okay. Like...
1: It's, I would say it's about 50 50, maybe 60 40 um, white and Hispanic. they Latino. Uh-oh. There's no, uh, there's California. like. Couple, there was a couple <laughs> black families, yeah. But I, barely.
0: It, Bakersfield was very interesting because this it obviously it's a gang of white people because it's conservative as fuck. But there's like these like country we call it the country, but like more rural areas that are like it's like black families and shit that live over there and and a lot of uh, Latino families. Um, so it's uh, it's very interesting that it was very mixed, but. For some reason, it was just so dominantly white. Like, there's more poor white people and more rich white people there than anything. So, like, they still kind of control the narrative of that whole town and area.
1: I'd say that's probably that's that's probably true of, of San Ynez, probably more than I remember. Um, it might be more like 70, 30 um, white, now that I'm thinking back. But I, I don't know. I haven't looked at the demographics since I left, so I don't know what it's like now. Um it's probably worse, <laughs> to be honest with you. Maybe. I don't know it, might,
0: know. it might be more mixed and more eclectic now. It might be more, you know, a variety of people.
1: I know that they were doing, um, you know, that it's been it's been changing a bit. So, I don't know. Like, Buellton in particular, you know, it, they've been trying to build a lot more housing. They've been trying to build a lot more. Um, well, they built a new hotel. So, the famous thing. So, my parents, their biggest thing is they love going to the Marriott to get coffee. They get Starbucks coffee at the Marriott because there's never a Starbucks in our town because it's really small. What? So they go to the Marriott where they serve Starbucks coffee. Now there is a Starbucks in our town, which that's like a come up.
0: And oh my gosh, your town must be small.
1: It is tiny. 3,000 people when I left, I think. Or See, maybe a little more now. That.
0: That's the fun, interesting thing about. Like, the, how conservative Bakersfield was because it was small in comparison to other cities, but it's like the ninth or eighth or ninth largest city in in California. But it's it the interesting thing was that for its small size, there was a lot of fucking consumerism and a lot of like uh, businesses. Like I'll never I can always remember that we had like three or four WalMarts, mm. like. There was there were literally targets like three or four targets within like only a couple miles of each other, and I was like, "This is why do we need so many goddamn targets? I don't understand this shit."
1: Yeah, uh, we would have to drive to Santa Maria to go to Walmart
0: or. Oh no! See, not in Bakersfield. And as time progressed, I mean, I haven't been there in years, so it probably is you know probably twelve targets now, but who knows?
1: I don't. Yeah, I don't. I'm know. I'm probably
0: never gonna go back. My parents moved away. Well, that's not true. My brother and my and his wife and my niece, nieces and nephew lived there. So I
1: speaking I of your compare. parents, I had a follow up question. So they both you said in the you said in the bio or the origin story that um, they were frightened, married, dedicated workers of a lucrative warehouse. Where did they work?
0: Uh, they both worked for Price Club back then. Okay, that eventually became Costco. So if you are old enough, you'd be like, oh, I remember Price Price Club. Most people ain't going to remember that shit. But Price (laughs) Club was way before Sam's Club and all that shit was getting into the game. Uh, And it was a big company. And then they, I think Price Club bought Costco. I don't know. And then for some reason, they used the name Costco. It's very interesting.
1: (laughs) But more importantly about your parents, so they were both, you say they are from two very different Thompson clans. So they're both Thompson?
0: Yes. My mom's maiden name is Thompson, and my dad's last name is Thompson. So my, both my parents' last name are Thompson.
1: That is wild.
0: Yeah. It's it's very weird, because people will ask, was my mom's maiden name? And I'm like, Thompson. And they're like, no. Like, what's her name before she got married? I'm like, it's Thompson. It's spelled the same, too? It's spelled the same last, same the same, same last name. It kind of weirds me out Because I'm like What you I'm related or something I'm like Might be one of these I might be deformed or something. But They no, did
1: check though Didn't they They checked They're okay. not related Okay
0: Yeah Yeah My dad didn't become Like his family Didn't become Thompson till so, like way long Down the line And that's not even Like our original last name But like I won't get into that Until like I have to Because like That's like some Don Draper shit <laughs> 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 My last name Was actually Something else uh,
1: that, that is going to be a whole other episode, right?
0: Right. But the legal name, yes, is Wolf Thompson.
1: Yeah. And then um, you said also, in an effort to match his remarkable nature, they adopted the spelling of Michael, son of Thompson.
0: Yes. Because my, my, my name is Michael Thompson, but I'm named, I'm named after the basketball player Michael Cooper from the Lakers. But there was also Michael Thompson who played for the Lakers on the same team. And this is like uh kareem days uh Thank and you. i got the spelling my mom and dad liked the spelling of michael thompson's name better than just a tr- traditional michael cooper and so it's n-y-c-h-a-l but it's ironic because he also has the last name thompson so now my name is michael thompson and a famous nba basketball player's name is michael thompson and then i think <laughs> his son's name michael too spelled like mine. And, and
1: but you were telling me right before this that that's Clayton, that's Clay Thompson. Yeah, Thompson's Clay
0: dad? Thompson from the like, uh, is he still in the Warriors? Yeah, his last dad, I heard. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Wow. So.
0: They're not like a they're not like a no name basketball family. They're like a prominent basketball family. So
1: I'm like, I'm a no no knowledge having basketball. It's fan. fun
0: though because my like I can just basically say that my name is trending, but like it's not me. But I'm like <laughs> shit. look look all these posts and my name. On yeah,
1: there. like if he's, if he still like pops off on Twitter or something. Yeah,
0: I'll be like that's him. Anytime I do anything wrong, I'd be like that's him, uh, not me. But that's yeah, cool. that's uh, yeah parents same last name. Both from, you know, different, they're both from, like, they're both of their families originate from different, like, southern areas, but then my dad's family lived in Ohio, uh, in the Midwest for a long time. Is Ohio the Midwest? Yeah,
1: I would say it's definitively I feel like Midwest.
0: Yeah, where else is it going to be? But, yeah, they lived there, and my mom's family is, like, Arkansas, and then moved to California. Both families moved to California, though, a long, long, long time ago.
1: Back in the, back in the day.
0: Yeah. I don't know what time it was. Maybe it was a Dust Bowl. No, they ain't that old.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Your parents moved to the, is no. that what you're trying to
0: say. <laughs> no, I think they were already here. I think, but I don't know. Yeah, it was not definitely not the Dust Bowl. That's well, not didn't that a
1: lot of people move like to? They moved to California during that time to try and get work.
0: Yeah, they. Well, that's why. Like, I, I, like, when I was younger, like there was all these stories that they always wanted to talk about. We always talked about the Holocaust and we always talked about the Dust Bowl. In and school, you mean? In school, over yeah, and over and over right. again, we kept getting beat over the head with that, and they would like show these pictures of like this of that woman with her two children, you know, the like Pulitzer Prize looking picture or whatever. Yeah, I and do. It's like, I oh, know the exactly. Dust ball. I'm and I'm like, about. okay, but let's talk about slavery because we got some some fucked up pictures from that too. But,
1: but like, Mike, those were the two worst things that happened to white people in history. Yeah,
0: they were like, we don't need to talk about anything else. Yeah, you know? Americans are so very selective what they want to talk about. Uh, but yeah, it's it was very interesting. Uh, just being in that conservative town, cause like, my parents were very are very traditionally black. It was, when, <laughs> well, that's an interesting with, phrasing, yeah. Like the where, when it comes to religion and it comes to to food and, and dialect and all these things like that is very. We we didn't give a fuck about the our surroundings where we were. Like mm. I felt, I felt like I dealt with. I mean, this is something we could probably get into as we talk about friends and, and our and our social circles and stuff. Yeah. But like I dealt with because I was in like suburban areas that were affluent, uh, affluent or white, not affluent and white or white because mm-hmm. just being white doesn't make you affluent. Sure. Um, but being in those areas, I I felt I would always feel like being I'm being judged like on how I present myself or how I talk or how I do shit because they'd be like oh, you whitewash or, you know, you're running behind white people or want white people's acceptance. And I was like, bitch, you got me confused because I don't want nobody's acceptance. Like, (laughs) uh, one of the biggest things that, I mean, I always remember from my childhood was that because my brother, like, he was six years older than me and because I already knew how to read since I was, like, four, I was, I kept, that just kept progressing. So, you know, six years old, I'm reading Dr. Seuss. Seven years old, eight years old. I'm now. I want to read, you know, short chapter books. Then, you know, ten years old, twelve years old. I'm ready. I'm re- ready to read, you know, Lord of the Rings and shit like that. Mm. Uh, so I and I, which I did. Um, so that was like the first book I read because I took it from my brother and I would keep reading it. And like, obviously, I wouldn't understand some words, but I was like, I don't think this is a real word anyway, and it wasn't. <laughs> it was like You're Elvish right, or something. Elvish, so yeah. I was like, oh, that's why. But I would just look shit up if I didn't know what it was because I just I was like, oh, I just checked the dictionary. But um, reading all those books led to me eventually reading the autobiography of Malcolm X, too. And, like, ooh.
1: How that, old were you when you I read that? I was not supposed
0: to read that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think I was, like, 10 or something. Okay. I was little. But I was reading that shit, and I was like, wait, why do people do this? And I was like, oh, hell no. Nah. So, honest, like, literally, ever since then, I would be so militant, I would, like, always make sure my book reports on abolitionists or slavery and shit. Nice. Like, in fifth grade talking about like Nat Turner's Rebellion and everyone's like oh my god this is so <laughs> aggressive <laughs> yeah I was like Frederick Douglass is my jam I always talked about him I always talked about Sojourner Truth I always talked about you know all the different abolitionists and Harry Tubman oh yeah Harry Tubman but Harry Tubman was like I was like Harry Tubman's a Disneyland she's a Disney character of this what I want to talk about like that's that's the one they want to just hey, let's just talk about Harry Tubman and Martin Luther King and that's it and I'm like uh uh-uh. uh mm. We got a whole bunch of people we could touch on um, the darker side of that time.
1: So, how was it growing up like in that environment with your social circles? Like, did you like you know keeping with the theme of origin stories? Did you have any enemies? Did, what were your who were your allies? What like what was that like?
0: Um, yeah, I think I think my enemy was like if if we're if we're staying within the realm of like origin stories and my enemy was like an ominous presence. Like it was, it was, it was the racism and, and, and prejudice and it, it could, it could inhabit different people and come out of them whether they thought, thought it was coming out of them or not. But I always fucked that shit up.
1: So it was more like an atmospheric kind of evil looming around every corner. kind yeah. of Yeah.
0: And it's not, it's not fucking easy trying to, uh, like people need to understand it's, it's a huge struggle to try to battle racism and prejudice. Coming from white kids While also simultaneously Trying to prove To other black people And to white people That I'm proud of being black It was so fucking hard I mean it's still mm. hard now Like that's something I constantly think about Even just making this Fucking podcast with you I was like oh Like here we go again If I do this podcast With Grant They'd be like Why'd you pick a white guy To do the podcast with Why Like you know I just if, Whether someone says it or not Those are things I'm constantly thinking about um, Yeah
1: Yeah which is unfair because it's like no one would question why a white guy would make a podcast with anyone. Yeah, you know?
0: can do whatever you want. You can make one with me. You can make one with an Asian friend. You can make one with another white friend. They'd be like, oh, he's just making a podcast. But me, you know, it's like I made black man in the right world. And then it's like I chose a white guy to do it with. Uh, but I mean, I can leave at any time, guys. <laughs> yeah, you are replaceable. <laughs> I'll switch you out with something else. But yeah, I just that's something I just always dealt with. Like, because white kids... Like back then, we're foolish, and they, like the things that we look at now as adults as microaggressions and and slip ups, like that shit was happening tenfold. Cause you know I'm I'm growing up in the '90s and shit when f word like the f slur is mm-hmm. used frequently in movies, everything. Nobody gives a damn.
1: Yeah,
0: uh, you know, and the level of how bitch was used and stuff like that is not wasn't wasn't good. You know, it was prominent in music. It's still prominent now, but it was like more of a faux pas back then. But, so it was used definitely as a derogatory term. Mm. Um, now it's kind of used as a term of endearment. It kind of, you know, milded it milded out. But the, it was, it was intense trying to like, I couldn't always get in a fight. So there's a lot of times where I had to just be like, this isn't, this isn't the battle to play or this isn't the battle to fight.
1: So what does that look like? Like you just not, not bringing not touching on something that, that was said or just not following up on things I, that were said? or I
0: think I would, my personality would just, would would set the tone. Like, I would just be an asshole so then people knew, like, oh, like, he's just mean. Like, I, it came <laughs> off as, like, I was just being mean, but it's like, I wasn't being mean. I'm just tired of you guys being so fascinated with trying to use the N-word or I'm tired of you guys, like, Damn. grabbing my fucking afro and putting your handprint. Like, I used to have this big-ass afro in sixth grade, um... 6th grade? sixth Yeah, 6th grade, 7th grade, whatever. I had it for a while. I had cornrows. I, I did all of it. I had Mohawk down. I do everything. But back then I had this huge afro. And people would just come up after I spent like 30 minutes shaping this motherfucker to a perfect circle. And just press their hand on it.
1: The, that, the audacity of that is just shocking me.
0: And they're like, oh my God, like look at that. That's so crazy. It's like a sponge. Just grab my hair. Just put their hand on my whole head.
1: They didn't even ask you.
0: Not even asking me. 8 o'clock in the morning. The first day I get there, I'm like, (sighs) (laughs) (laughs) so what am I supposed to do? Beat somebody ass in the early, you know, I would cuss somebody out, but then they would say I have anger problems. Like, I don't, I, I don't know how many times that I've been to the principal's office and they would tell my mom and dad, oh, your son might have anger issues. Like, mm. motherfucker, have you ever thought that Because I'm the only black kid in my entire grade Or sometimes the entire fucking school Of 500-something kids Don't you think that maybe I don't have anger issues Maybe I'm just, like, stressed out Because I represent one entire race And I'm only nine years old Maybe that's the issue, but, you know
1: Yeah Bakersfield,
0: and, obviously, was like We gonna pretend like it's an anger problem Not racism
1: Well, and I'm willing to bet that they were not Black people who were, who were talking to you
0: Absolutely not Yeah No, it was mostly the, like, the principals who were were men were actually more, (laughs) a little understanding. It was the principals and and administrators that were women that were more afraid of me. Which is sad, because, you know, I was probably, like, an 11-year-old kid. They're like, oh, my God, like, oh, like, he he seems so angry. And I'm like, why don't, like, I remember there was one time I went to the principal's office, and it was because some kid in my history class said something about like your black ass mama and, oh, he, and he got shit. like i think he got like black ass ma- what, <laughs> and all got out pop? and then i knocked and i popped him in the uh, i think i popped him inside the head and Dang. my teacher was sent me to the office and she was like they, they said i had anger problems i'm like but he was wait he, he said something to i didn't just hit him out of nowhere i wasn't just like nine o'clock in the morning i'm like oh let me pop this white boy in the head <laughs> it was in retaliation. So yeah, yeah, to say to to boil down your, to your answer to your question, like racism was like my biggest enemy. Yeah, and it came out from some white kids most of the time.
1: Yeah, as it usually does. Yeah. But what about um like who were your allies in this? Like like what was the difference between kids that were problematic and bullying? It was it
0: was the less. The milder version It was the people who were like Oh Mike Thompson's so cool Or Michael's so cool like, I was pretty much Mike All the way until high school Then I became Or I was Michael Until high school And then I became Mike Gotcha But I was always just the, You know the, the friend of people I feel like I was I did the email route Like you did <laughs> uh, i was like we out have talked
1: this. a lot about panic at the disco yeah oh sure. panic
0: at the disco fallout boy my of romance my shit i've been like i used to go to jerry's pizza in bakersfield and we'd fuck up shows all the time i was definitely what is it about
1: pizza places there was a place in lompoc that was like a hardcore scene yeah like, i never spot. had a piece
0: of pizza from there i don't think maybe i was like because everybody's like fuck that you don't eat the pizza you go there to like listen to fucking angry music and like Brood.
1: <laughs> but sorry, I cut you off. You're talking about uh, pizza place.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh it's just like... It was... That's just... I, I did all the different... I was part of all the different groups because I was just a token black kid. So, like, I could join any group.
1: And you just would kind of fit in easily?
0: Yeah. If I was a Pokemon, I was like the... I was like the normal type, so I could and I can learn the different moves. Like <laughs> you can give me the different TMs and HMs, and I can just learn. The Wait, there's them. a normal
1: type in Pokemon? Yeah. What's what's like a Pokemon that's normal type?
0: The rats and the bur- <laughs> and uh, the birds because they have two. They're flying and they're like normal.
1: So does normal just mean they're like real animals?
0: No, normal just means like they don't have any element really to them.
1: No. Oh. They should be called average Pokemon. Is what they should be <laughs> <Right>? called.
0: <laughs> they were all the ones you did not want to put in your party they were whack.
1: But I can see that where it's, like, if you have that kind of, like... It's kind of like what we talked about when we are talking about roles, where you have that kind of, like, disclaimer at the beginning of it, but then you can add anything... You can add adjectives onto that. So, like, you're the black emo kid or the, you know, Yeah, whatever I was, all, whatever
0: I, was I was just black in front of it. So, like, you were, like, a scene kid or emo and all that stuff, too, but, like, what was your uh, friends' circles like and what was school like for you?
1: So... I know from my origin story, it makes me sound like I'm this loner, like this sad loner who didn't... I did have friends. Um, But it was one of those things where it's like, I just always... I just was kind of awkward. I mean, I still am. But um, I remember I had one really close friend in school for a couple of years named Robert. And then then I became friends with um, another kid who... And these were all pretty much... It's either kids that you have class with that you see a lot and then you go and
0: become friends with? Definitely had those. Yeah. I had, like, best friends that we thought we were going to be friends forever. But they each, just you were in the same, like, third grade we class. We lived near each other and stuff. And then once I moved away, like, they all started doing drugs and then I went to college. Damn. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> and that's the T. But go on.
1: Yeah. Um, and then there was friends in the neighborhood, which I mentioned. Um, and they ended up moving away. So I... You know, that, when that happened, I wasn't really friends with them. But then I became friends with other a couple other kids in the neighborhood. And, yeah, I mean, for the most part, I just became friends with people situationally. Like, we just bonded over, we liked the same video game or something like that. Um, and I felt like for a while, it was just like I'd have one-off friends that i just talked to about different things. Like, there wasn't, like, a cohesive group. Were Did you, you like, a, a nice
0: kid? I don't
1: know. Because I, I was a was... mean child. Okay, the thing is, I was nice, but out of necessity. It wasn't like I was just, like, a nice kid. I think I was just, like, very shy and not very good at talking to people. So my default was just, like, be nice so that they don't, like, so that they're not mean to me, um, I guess.
0: it's so interesting. Because yeah. I was out. I, I could say I could... Relate, but I was shy with adults, but not with kids. I was shy with every damn buddy. <laughs> I could not talk to an adult, but that was like just because I was that traditional black culture where they were like, speak when you're spoken to to, you know, elders and shit. So I was like, never talking mm. to adults, which is interesting.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I obviously didn't have that. I think uh, for me, I was just shy with everybody. I was, because we talked about this last time, but you remember how when like you, have kids that you see that are older than you. They look like full-on adults. Yeah. So full-on adults, you yeah, know. They
0: look like they look like gods. Yeah. So I didn't fuck with them.
1: Exactly. Um, but I do remember I had um, I had an experience where I didn't really think much about friends or anything like that or how I was perceived, I guess, by other kids until I was in fourth grade and I was still wearing a Pokemon shirt to school and this kid named Adam Vargas, I don't know what happened to this kid. So I'll name drop him. He told me my Pokemon shirt was gay. What? And yeah, just cuz I wore what? a Pokemon shirt.
0: I we traded I I had a Tamagotchi and a uh a, I had a Giga Pen and Pokemon cards in 4th grade.
1: Yeah, like, fourth grade is like when Pokemon is cool. So who are you to tell well, me that it's Yeah, it, not? Might,
0: it was a, it was it was aged by the time when I was playing it in fourth grade it just came out. But
1: I only you, found out about Pokemon or at least the show in fourth grade. Damn! So I he was, was a hater.
0: He was a fucking hater. Yeah, but also I mean, like if he said to you today, it's a compliment. You'd be like, thanks.
1: I know, but that's the thing is at that time kids would throw that word around like saying yeah, that you're it just to means your like feelings. stupid or all that stuff. And so that really like threw me off personally. Just that one kid saying that? No, it was that and a. Because if so, other we stuff. need to
0: find his ass and like <laughs> confront him and be like, "Motherfucker, you ruined me." No, I'm just kidding. It's <laughs> Pokemon game, motherfucker. That shit is still fucking thriving right now. I know. Maybe it is. Maybe that's why it's thriving and Perfect and maybe in the yeah. back. So, <laughs> type Pokemon are yeah, or the, the, the best kind. Yeah. Fuck that dude. I'm yeah. sorry.
1: But but I'm, I mean like that's to. like that's nothing compared to like racism. <laughs> yeah, you know.
0: I there's a there's a handful of children who who tried to use the n word on me and they all got beat the fuck up.
1: I will not lie; there were probably times that I used that. Not word as condoning a kid.
0: violence, but I had to protect myself. I felt threatened as a child by some of those people trying to use the n word to hurt my feelings, and I was like, "That was your first mistake."
1: <laughs> yeah, but see, I feel like at that time when you're a dumb kid and you're like saying that, like, I don't think that. Anyone, I wouldn't think that anyone would actually say it in front of like a black kid. Yeah. That's well, so when bold. they get mad
0: enough. Because like, they So they would
1: use it as an insult, not just like say, oh, hey, what's up?
0: No. See, I would never. Hey, I, even, no. even among there my was,
1: friends, I would never say There were some that. people
0: that, they, that thought they could do that, but I was just like, well, whatever, I ain't got time for you. I, you know, they were a loser or had a chemical imbalance, and they probably was amounted to nothing after a couple years. But, so the universe took care of them. But the people who try to use it to hurt me, yeah, they, it, it was very interesting. It was the same way this Robert Vargas or whatever his name was. Not Robert Vargas,
1: Adam. Adam yeah. Vargas. Robert, Robert Black was my friend. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's a cool
0: person. But yeah, this Adam Vargas guy, it was very much like, it was like that. They were using it to hurt me. Kids are mean-spirited. They really are. But yeah, so they, that shit they learned in Bakersfield, they learned that shit at a young age. And so, like, where they are now, like, as adults, like, the reason why they're running around not wearing and wanting to wear masks and saying Trump's, you know, the most perfect president and stuff is because they were fucked up and, and brainwashed and, and manipulated with all this bigotry and shit at a very young age. It's just that they also were too busy being, you know, caring about Dragon Ball Z and Pokemon to like f- completely focus on that. Yeah. Now, as an adult, they have all the time in the world to be like, I'm gonna hone in on this bullshit.
1: I don't know what it was, but there was a a time period when I was in eighth grade when I had like a blog spot or something around the time that I had a live journal talking about my feelings where I just made a blog that was just like a diss blog, (laughs) like, like about like George Bush and like moms who thought like Pokemon was the devil. Like you made a blog? Yeah. not when I was like 13 and I just like wrote and I just made fun of them.
0: See, I I don't think I couldn't make a blog at 13. Like they were barely, we we're barely using like AOL. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> like I don't think yeah. they were at blogs yet
1: Well there but, was that period When everyone was coding On MySpace
0: Oh we, we were like, like Little like Software engineers I used to be able to, I'd be changing the background Add music and shit I'd be all in the HTML And shit Now I yeah. have no idea How to do that shit Now I need like a I need a management software Like to do it for me Like WordPress or something But Back then Yeah we would do it All ourselves It was very interesting
1: Yeah And then just We did I guess we didn't just we just let it all go Or some of us did Others of us now make You know Hundreds yeah, of thousands some, of yeah, dollars people
0: who stuck with it Are fucking sitting fat Sitting rich Yeah But I moved the fuck on I was like I guess I'm just gonna Continue writing Um What is another thing I guess Let's talk Touching like How we got to Who we are right now Yeah Um Cause I Uh Like how Is this identity I know we call you Altruistic white guy for the joke and sake of the the podcast. Mm-hmm. But like, what is what does that mean to you? Like is that is like how is that you taking something That could be a negative or something you don't really want and trying to use it for good? What is
1: Well, I didn't think that it applied to me when you tried to label me as that.
0: Yeah, you came for me when I wrote <laughs> that down.
1: <laughs> well, because I, I, I guess I I think of altruistic as something that's good and I don't think of myself as that good. Yeah. Because, you know, I have problems. I'm nowhere near as altruistic as other people.
0: Like, honestly, I just didn't want to... Like, I felt like I was like, I need to find a nicer word than, like, naive. (laughs) Well, naive also So I was like, altruistic? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But, yeah. I think it's interesting because I think that it's, like, an identity. Like, wanting things to be good and, like, wanting to be the person who finds the solutions and makes things better and makes people comfortable. I feel like that is something that I feel that uh that I around you, but it's not an identity that I think you that that you try your best to be like, this is who I am. It's just no. it's just a natural, it's the natural uh role that you end up taking in a group. So it was the same thing as I see like as a token black guy. I don't come in and be like, hey guys, today I'm the token black guy. But naturally if i'm in certain circles or at certain jobs i end up i'm that i become that role naturally based off of the makeup of the of the room i'm in so that's that's what i was going off of like it's like a reluctant identity that you don't really want
1: which i think totally totally works because i think a lot of people you know they might see really anyone i mean there's this whole mythology of the social justice warrior now right where it's like it's this person you know predominantly it's usually a white person who comes in and you know, is like, you know, doing performative wokeness and trying to, you know, talk, speak to all these topics and, and a lot of people probably from your neighborhood uh, where you grew up probably dislike that person because they think that they're better. They, they come across as they're trying to come off as better than other people, especially other white people. And I think that that is now like a negative thing that people use, even though I don't think that, I think that's, that's gotta be some like, you know. Trickery and that they're trying to make it seem like oh the person who cares about other people is now a villain because they make me feel shitty.
0: Yeah, I I, I think that it's like I just wish that all the white people like y'all could just had that that conversation and that whole like journey between each other and like, none of us <laughs> to see it. Like, <laughs> I won't
1: bring it on this podcast but,
0: No, but I, I think like know. just because there's like this, you know, who is a better ally and who is who is less racist and who is the person that's going to save the day. It's like the, the, the Joe Biden versus Bernie Sanders. I feel like that's what we're we're in this world right, uh, what we're dealing with right now, but there's a lot of people that still identify with like Republicans and Donald Trump and they're really pissed off because they know they are nowhere near as progressive or open-minded not, I wouldn't say open-minded. They're not as progressive or liberal as Joe Biden or Bernie Sanders So they know that there's a whole group of people That don't like them mm. um, And so they're even more angry But it's like all these different tiers of white people And whatever whatever status that you are at or with uh, With how you feel about racism And inclusivity and diversity and all that I'm like y'all need to deal with that between each other Because y'all <laughs> all treat us like shit At the end of the day You know I've told you before I, My hot take is that Democrats and Republicans Are just two different types of slave owners Like <laughs> Republicans <laughs> and the slave owners is like Going out there in the field nigga And go pick that cotton I don't give a damn if it's hot It When the sun go down It'll cool off That's a Republican I'm like oh, That shit sounds stressful But like He's right um, And then The Democrats are like Come on in the house nigga And get some lemonade I want to treat you right So you can get your ass back out in that field And work <laughs> And work as long as I need you to So it's like at the end of the day, they both were like, you know, this is like my Kanye West hot take. <laughs> 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 um, but Political. it's both it's both just uh, two institutions that are based off of some problematic origins uh, that I have to try to figure out which are the lesser two evils that in the moment, in the time. So.
1: Well, I mean, one thing I want to follow up from your origin story. So you, you mentioned this this concept where you say, Michael used comedy as a shield to protect him from bigotry and ridicule, and at times it became a dark power that consumed his good nature. So I wonder if part of this that we're talking about, and you can speak to, you know, why you wrote that in your Orange story, but part of this is people basically lashing out because they're, they're, mad that other people are judging them or or that they're hurt by other people. So like, you know, on the Republican side where they, you know, don't like liberals and they're so mad at liberals because liberals are, like, they already know that liberals don't like them, that they're just, like, fighting back just because they know that liberals don't like them.
0: Pretty much. But that's why I'm like, th- like, the this fight between Republicans and Democrats is just like the Civil War all over again. Like black people, are like man, it's gonna suck regardless who which one of y'all wins. But can y'all, if y'all are gonna fight, can you like come up with a better end game? Because like, I feel like why are we the topic? Like why are we the like cannon fodder? I don't like that. Should be annoying me. Uh, it is kind
1: of interesting <laughs> that the only time our country has gone to war with itself was over the commodification of black people. It was over yeah, slavery. pretty
0: much. And it's and like the whole me using like comedy as a shield is because because when you think about these things, so like when i think about them so deeply sometimes it's like it's just very bleak and very dark and i'm just like oh it looks like there's no like hope in sight so i so i mask you know i'm going to i'm going to be humorous I, my writing is going to have a comedic element to it i'm going to do this podcast where i kind of make jokes about certain things and like talk about you know racism and stuff with a ha 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 at the end because in reality like it's not funny at all it's fucking tragic and and pisses me off but the only way that I can like smile or like find ways to to get to that progress or, or see the light at the end of the inner tunnel or like I said, it's orange story turn into a superpower to fight back, uh, is to to find those ways of expressing humor or laughter, or happiness. Like you heard, you probably heard the terms like black boy joy or black girl magic. Yeah. Uh, that like that whole that idea is because some people some people want to think. That because we went through slavery and because we went through, you know, uh, oppression and still going through it right till this day, right to this fucking second, because we're going through all that, that like, all we are is just sad and victims and upset. No, that's like that's bullshit. When I when I hear people think that's what what black people may think or think that's what women may think about themselves, I think that's what. Uh, you know, a, a Muslim person might think about themselves. Or think that's what an Asian person might think about themselves. No, that's not true. People who are in oppressed groups do not think that about themselves. They, we we know happiness and we know joy and we know, and we know how to be um, proud of who we are. And we're not and we're not victims. But at the same time, uh, you should not. People are out there trying to diminish my joy, and that's what we're fighting for. Like when we have things to celebrate and stuff like that, you want to take it away or you want to to hurt it or ruin it burn down a whole fucking black wall street that kind of bullshit that's the reason why uh there's a huge problem is because when we do express joy and happiness that it it bothers people
1: yeah well there's now such a pushback against like the like marginal changes let's be real of diversity in hollywood that now they say like oh well everything is just now so woke in hollywood and like you know Oh, there's a person of color or a gay person who's a character in this movie or that movie. Oh, that's just of course, because that's just there has to be that character. And it's like, why can't you just like accept it as part of the story?
0: And just let it be. Like, fuck, is your did your whole world get flipped upside down because there's one black character in this fucking movie now, or because they made Thor a woman like in a comic book? Like, now you is your life ruined. Because if it is it's good. But,
1: well, <laughs> but like, I don't even know if it's like that. It's like if it is, like you need to work on your life. Why is your life so sad?
0: Yeah, why? And why are you so mad because someone else has a, has a win? That's yeah. the thing. If 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 women, uh, people of color, uh, people immigrants or anything like that, if they got mad every time a white white heterosexual male had a win, oh, we'd be fucking mad all day. Yep. Because every minute, probably right now this second, a white man just got hired as a CEO or VP of some company. Right now, this second, right now in this very minute, a white man has just made another million dollars without even batting an eyelash. Uh, You know, a white man... Has become the 45th president, which there's 43 other white men that became <laughs> the president. Uh, right. You know, like, like white men been kicking ass for years. So you got all these wins. Ain't nobody mad at y'all for having all these wins. You know, ain't nobody mad at you. Get the star the Well,
1: that's movies. not necessarily true. Huh. There, there are plenty of people that are mad at, at us for uh, that.
0: But I'm saying, but they're not, we're not mad in the sense that like we don't want it to ever happen again. Yeah. Because it's, it's going to continually happen. Right. Like it's 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 one it's literally one to one to a hundred. Like you get one movie that's directed by a woman that gets nominated. There's gonna right after in that same breath, there's gonna be another ninety nine that are just <laughs> directed <laughs> by white men. So it's like you're not losing anything. It's just
1: it feels like it, but it's such that scarcity mindset again, where it's like you think that like just because there's you know only so many opportunities and it's so difficult for you now, um, you know that you, that it's now it's harder for you if other people are getting jobs or priority, even though it, it's really just evening it up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I want to just say something like I relate to the feeling of having to use humor to get by. I also relate to having to use, um, you know, letting maybe like hurt feelings, you know that you take inward, having that come out and being expressed negatively. Like I think about all the times that I was mean to people growing up, that was just a sort of, that was just me internalizing hurt feelings and mean things that were said to me, and then taking that and projecting that out onto other people.
0: Oh yeah, I, I, I definitely would get defensive or be a little mean or or cold or something because it was like me just being hurt. Like regardless of what we Why we know why I was hurt Like it's problematic racism Stuff like that You I can't acknowledge That the times that I was Not my best self For people It was because It was just It was like pain within So that's what I Honestly When I see people Who are being You know Bigots or racists Or even these Karens Flipping out shit I'm like They are They're going through They're going through Some kind of pain Or a frustration Inside their brain and Inside their heart so you know, so it's like, it, and it needs to be, it needs to be healed. And now I might not be the one to heal it. I'm just the one that's making it even, I'm making it worse because they have some weird idea of me, mm-hmm. uh, based off of my skin color or how I look. And it's so, and that's what's so frustrating, is that I'm, I don't, I don't immediately be like oh fuck these people but at the same time i just like I don't have the time or energy to deal <laughs> with, with whatever you're going through because
1: you have to add that on top Like now you'd be adding that on top of everything else you have to deal with on that day
0: yeah and it's not my job to heal these people or fix these people that are deeply hurt within
1: yeah do you have any like fears from when you were a kid that you feel like you haven't grown out of
0: um I think my biggest fear oh, is I guess it's probably like I, guess, I think it's a fear that everyone has with like disappointing your parents mm. but uh honestly like it's I I will say this and I I feel like this is this is heavy to say and I don't I don't like but I my biggest fear is that like who I end up with cuz I'm just like It has to be a black woman because if it's not, like, do I? Does that validate what everyone thought about me growing up, or (laughs) like? So it's like, or do I? So it just it sucks because like I'm like, what? I don't don't know. I'm fall in love is love. I don't know who I'm gonna fall in love with, but it is like if I if I don't do that. Then like I have to deal with all those childhood traumas of people saying I'm whitewashed and saying I just want white people's acceptance and shit like that coming all the way back. And that's not that's, that's not true. I, I I think everyone should be allowed to marry whoever the hell they want, whoever the hell they want. Color, gender, orientation, religion, I don't give a fuck. But I'm saying that that is that is a fear of mine that I have to be faced with. That that's a real fear.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's that's intense, and and I think there's a lot. Of People who could probably relate to that, you know,
0: yeah. If you, if you marry, if you marry outside your race or whatever, you're just like, or you know, if you do, so, you know, change your religion or you change yeah, a political big. party that your family has had for so long, if you'd become the outlier, it's very fearful,
1: yeah. Oh, definitely. And you know, we were watching that show, Indian Matchmaker, and even in that, you know, there's so much. Oh yeah, so much that like goes into like so much expectation on marriage and yeah, all there's
0: that. so much expectation, tradition, culture, like family. It's like, it's it, and it's hard to break from that because that's that's your that's like your main network. And if you fuck that up, what else do you have? Because like all of the relationships that I've built, you know they they have spent, were over a span of a couple years, uh, some jobs, some schools, some something, some city. But like your family knows everything about you. And that's so that's deep. So like if you think you're gonna disappoint them and be disconnected from them forever, like I'm like, shit, that's a big fear of mine.
1: That's yeah. intense. So my, not
0: marrying the person that my mom and dad want me to marry.
1: That's intense. That's definitely that 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 makes mine feel so much smaller in comparison.
0: What well, but- you were like eating the wrong cookie or something. <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs>
1: Eating the wrong cookie. Yeah, though. thinking
0: it's a chocolate chip, but it's a macadamia nut. And you'd be like, that's not what I wanted to eat.
1: I mean, I actually prefer macadamia, too. Right? Yeah, chocolate chip. That's the secret. Yeah. That's not a race thing. <laughs> right? I, I
0: know. That was we were talking about the actual food. But anyway.
1: Yeah. Um, but as far as my biggest fear, I mean, I think, it's, I think it's twofold. I think it's, you know, people not liking me. I still have that from when I was a kid. And just not being able to fit in and, and, you know, having that people pleaser kind of mentality. Um, But now there's a new element of that, which is like also not wanting to like hurt people because I've done both. I've done both those things. I've been the social pariah and I've been the person who's hurt somebody else. And I just really just don't want to be that person.
0: (laughs) See, I I will say, though, that like in our experience of being friends, I feel like there's sometimes when you would try so hard not to hurt people that you end up hurting the people.
1: I know. <laughs> it's terrible. And I'm just like, it's the of, It's, uh, yeah, it's...
0: It's like an episode of fucking, like, a sitcom, like, where it's, like, you try to do everything to prevent the bad thing from happening, and the bad thing happens. Like, that's so Raven.
1: Yeah. Like, or, <laughs> or the worst thing is, like, when, like, I'm trying so hard not to hurt one person's feelings, but then the other person is hurt by, like, m- me not, shame, you know, publicly... You know, shaming that person. I don't know. Yeah. There's different, you know, different dynamics. Just to go back,
0: like, just into our like analogy of like origin stories and superhero, whatever type deals, I like it's, it's, it's if you're trying to, like, a giant, I don't know, mountain is falling apart and it's about to fall into this small city. And so you grab the giant mountain because you're super strong, Superman and you protect the city, and then you launch that motherfucker across the fucking, like, ocean, it's probably gonna land on somebody else.
1: <laughs> kill but, some fish.
0: Yeah, I always thought about that when, like, in any movie or superhero comic books and stuff, they'd be, like, knocking whole planes out of the way and shit, <laughs> and I'm like, but what about the people on the other side? You just killed, like, an entire country just trying to save this one lady.
1: Okay, two, two great examples
0: of this in recent superhero movies. One
1: was... um the Superman movie when he and, uh so it's like the first one that they did of the remake when it's like him and I forget who he's fighting, like Kal-Al or something.
0: Oh, he's, uh, and they're like punching Z- each other. Zod is, his name? is his
1: name? Yeah, Zod. Yeah. And they're like punching each other through like skyscrapers and destroying half of New York.
0: Oh yeah, they were just, they, they fucked that whole city up. They For like 30 minutes. Fucking, they were just punching whole like chunks out of buildings and I'm like, there was literally probably like 30 to 40 people in that fucking... Uh, in oh, that yeah. office in them cubicles that you just knocked into the street.
1: And uh, and I know that that's just some negligence on behalf of the people who made that movie but like, it, yeah.
0: They try to address it though I think in, in, in and that, in and that, that's why superhero movies you you know they're not doing so well is when they try to like address like, oh yeah, we understand the superhero like is reckless and hurt a lot of people and it's like, I don't bring that up,
1: and then and then all of a sudden everyone's like, "Oh, here we go, liberal woke Hollywood trying to address like you know innocent bystanders' Yeah. in the movies." All, now we always... can't even have fun in our superheroes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so yeah, pretty much that's like I would I would say like you wanting to everyone to be happier, not hurt people. Like you, and you somebody's going to be hurt if you if you go too far in one direction.
1: Yeah. And so. it's just It's not good But what about um Like how do you feel Like your upbringing Like your origin story Has shaped your worldview?
0: I think my origin story Has shaped my world view I mean I, I touched on this well, in, in the midst of all the crazy shit I've said in the past hour I that I have a different way Of judging people And it comes very late in the game And it doesn't come initially It doesn't come off the beginning like, jokingly, I can be like, oh, my God, what's that person wearing, like, green socks with, like, pink Crocs? Like, that shit ain't cute. <laughs> but that's just a joke. Like, I mean, that's not something I ever say out loud. It's not something I would ever use to hurt someone's feelings. It, that That's literally a joke um, that I'm making right now. But the reality is, when I meet people or have a argument with someone or have a conversation with someone... I really want to know what is the backstory, or why? How did they get to? How did they get to that point? And and I try my best to be like, I gotta give you the benefit of the doubt. I have to. I'm sorry. Like, if I'm if I was an eight year old kid memorizing Martin Luther King speeches and shit, and trying to tell all this abolitionist shit when I was ten years old, then I have to as an adult now, twenty something years later, I have to be at a point where I am trying my best not to judge people off of. Uh, where they come from, what they're wearing, what they look like, but how who they are inside. Because if you really look at that shit, if you really take the time to like get to know people for who they are and their character, then you find out most of the time you have a lot in common with people, or you actually don't even disagree. You like you actually agree as some to some as to some degree. Uh, so, <laughs> or what you
1: agree on and disagree on—it's just kind of semantics. Yeah. Sometimes. Other times it's fundamental and then
0: I will just... say though, but like do not get that confused with if you are a hateful bigot or you are blatantly like trying to harm someone or put someone down and stuff like that. That is showing me who you are inside. So when I see that shit, that that is something me to give me something to judge off of you. Because it has nothing to do with what you look like. But that's what if you're what you're saying. If you if you like like hate speech and stuff like that, I don't fuck with it because it takes it does take some thought to get to that to get to those things. Saying one word, calling someone just one word like a bitch or the n word or something like that, like that's different than when people are posting consistently and frequent posts about certain religions or denouncing you know Black Lives Matter or denouncing feminists and all the stuff like that. I'm like, you're doing too much. This is this is hateful now because now you, you turned it into a uh, like a side job. Yeah, like, it, like you're
1: running a social media page that's just to hate.
0: Yeah, you're, like, you're running a whole campaign now. Some of these people, I don't know if it's the quarantine or what, but they like got too much time on their hands and they're just spewing out just ridiculous hate consistently. And I'm like, you are like, someone should hire you because you are running a meme page basically with all the bullshit you put putting on Facebook. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> well, and and we, we talk about conspiracies. Some of them are kind of fun, but some, some of the conspiracies that people come up with are actually like really really hurtful and and not just hurtful like they they are detrimental and kind of bordering on hate speech some of the stuff so yeah. it's like
0: and what's the point yeah yeah so what i my my whole road view is like judging off their character but sometimes some people like to throw their character on the table in a very uh flamboyant barbaric way with you know bigotry racism and sexism and all this other bullshit and they think it's cute and they think it's an opinion but no it's just you being an asshole so when people respond to your asshole bullshit with asshole bullshit don't be fucking shocked
1: yeah it's fair <laughs>
0: like, <laughs> like I'm sorry like don't be don't be shocked when they cuss your ass out cause you're like where did that come from like you just denounced it like you just tried to bash an entire group of people why do you think they are yelling at you so yeah,
1: yeah, it sucks. How about you? It's like not productive. <laughs> um, what
0: is how's your worldview shaped from all this?
1: Well, obviously, my worldview growing up was flawed. <laughs> Let's start with that. <laughs> um, and I think that there was a lot of time spent. Um, I mean, I kind of touched on this a little bit earlier, but there was a lot of time spent where you know I was kind of like in my feelings and and thinking like, oh, you know, this or that is you know the worst thing that's happened to me and you know, like, oh, I wish I was different or, oh, I wish people responded differently to me and, like, all this stuff. And then uh, I make myself sound miserable. I don't think I was that bad. But it's one of those things where, like, growing up now, having had a lot more interesting experiences and meeting a lot more of different people, I, I feel that, like, the way that I was brought up and my the way that I started out I di- I did always start from this place of wanting to engage with other people, wanting positive social experiences, wanting just to to have a good time, you know? Like that's why we play in our room, you know, we're just having a good time. Yeah. And and tell stories and and bring people together in that way. And so like that is ultimately what I like the most and and you know, to the extent that I can be generous and and help people with, come up with ideas or or if, like, people are working on a story and they need help, like, that's, that's the stuff that I like to do. And, and my worldview, I think, is always changing and always evolving.
0: See, you know what's interesting, though, is just like, in this us describing these, is that what you were saying is also my worldview, but I have this other thing I need to deal with first before I can get to that.
1: I know. It's actually unfair. Like, even me, like like, coming up with that answer and kind of digging for that a little bit, because it's like that's true, and I know that's true of you too. It's unfair that I don't have this like very obvious one in front of me first that's like, don't judge people because I've been judged my whole life. Which like honestly, I have been judged my whole life. But I didn't take it I I didn't it it's not the same. Not the same at all for what you have to deal with. So obviously, you know, we've declared our origin stories and what superheroes we are. I guess just the question is like do we fit? Does that does the origin story fit? Like, do we like? Do you see me as this character? Do I see you as your character?
0: Uh, I would say that I yes, but not not in the negative way that you may have taken the connotation of the words uh, altruistic white guy, whatever. But I do see that uh, the things that I'm worried about, uh, how I'm perceived. Uh, from just the public, my family and stuff like that, you are easily like my little Petri dish that I've said before, <laughs> where I can I can be able to to test how I'm presenting myself to the world. Like if if I if I feel like there's a lot of times where I have to catch myself or be like, oh I just said something that I would say in front of my family. And I'm like, if I'm doing that, then that means I'm be, I am being true to myself. I don't feel like I'm putting on a role or acting in front of in front of you. This 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 um, uh, this you know white guy. Uh, I feel like I I have entered into a, a position where now I can be completely honest with how I feel about certain political issues, uh, things on television, uh, how I'm just feeling mentally, anything like that. Like you get you get the real raw emotion of who I am. And then I'm like, well, good, because he could take that shit to you know his Orange County people and all these other people, you know, and, and really be like, <laughs> I I have this this actual example, of of a of a person dealing with being a black man in America. And I know I'm not I'm not the, the the only example, and you can't just take what I what I go through and what I say, and that's the that's the end all be all.
1: But absolutely not. It does
0: it does help to have that because I don't think I I mean. I have lived with a white person now for years. Uh, so it's just you have lived with a black person for years. We've shared rooms together and stuff like that. So like we, there is there is a certain level of of uh, a new superpower that I got to like use for a little while, or even have at my disposal by having a, a writing partner or like a podcast partner that is that is a white. That, Why not both? Yeah, that has, <laughs> <laughs> right. Both that gets to benefit from things that I never will get the benefit from. That's that's mm. that is interesting to have that, so I I definitely see you as uh, as those identities, like a privileged white dude, you know. Definitely. <laughs> like I see all of that, but I know that doesn't define you. Uh, that's just that's just literally like the t-shirt you're wearing. You could change just like you could wear flannel right now today. You could wear something else tomorrow. Uh, I'm gonna so,
1: wear a Pokemon shirt and just be real rebellious. You really
0: should. <laughs> you really should. But uh, so for me, what do do? How do you see I, me?
1: I think that like when people start off getting to know other people, like like you you just have like a uh, a veil of what it is. And I think like when it's like white and black, I think we have so much that we just get especially if you come from my area like for me like where there weren't a lot of examples of of black people growing up like in that lived around me and then the only example you have is TV and so it's just like what you watch or movies what you watch um represent the you're going off of this representation that you have there's no comparison to just knowing someone and so for from that standpoint like like yes like there is the archetype of the token black guy because like you've you've played that role so many times now. I mean, I'm like one of how many white people that like you've played that role with, let's say.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's gotten so fucking real. We made a fucking TV pilot about it. (laughs) Yeah,
1: (laughs) exactly. That's
0: how on the nose it was.
1: Um, and you know, there's some, there's some aspect of it where you think like, like me going into the relationship, I think, Oh, well I can just treat Mike like a person and then we'll just get along fine. But like, there are things where it's like, Oh, you don't, I didn't realize how I was coming off to you or, you know, there were things that surprised me and it's just, there's that learning curve of it. And I think it's like, until you know someone, like until you do what you're saying, which is like, get to know the person, like give them the benefit of the doubt. Like you can't, you can't really fully judge a person off of that archetype. And so that's how I feel about you. It's like, while you do fit that trope technically, like, like you're so much more than that and so much deeper. I mean, you're, you're a nerd, you're a party animal, you're all these different roles all wrapped up into one. Party animal? Yeah, you, you, you get down, you like yeah, dance dude, and fuck do crazy up a party, stuff. Yeah,
0: party, but I ain't doing shit right now with a quarantine. <laughs> well, that's true, No doing yes, anything back right in now. the day, back pre-quarantine days, I used to fuck up a party. Yeah. Uh, but like,
1: you have so many, you're an intellectual, you're a comedian, you have all of these different aspects to you. It's not just, like, like we, we used to think of, like in pop culture, that like, Black was just like the identity. It's like, no. It's yeah, so much it's like, more like oh, this that. is
0: a black movie, or this is like a yeah, black, like and it's like, right? no, that's not. It's just it could be a romance, it could be an action adventure, it can be a you know a mystery or a murder mystery, it can be like a thriller. Like not we any-
1: have character archetypes of like the jock, the nerd, and then there was one that was just black.
0: Not a character type. Not a character type. Yeah, so many TV shows and movies do that, and that's the thing that pisses me off. I mean, we like tokenism is so is so prominent and so real. But it's like no one is saying don't have that character. Right. Because you need the representation, but how you use that representation and how you present that representation is what matters. Like if you're gonna put a random, just like oh, we put a black guy in there, or a black woman in there, or uh, a person in a wheelchair or something like that, if you put that character in there, or you have that person in your life, you need to make sure that they are not, you're not just using them for just this specific idea, uh, and like negative portrayals or very simplistic portrayals. Like they they they're intricate. They're they're a person. They need they need depth. Yeah. So whether it's you know an entertainment character. Or it's a real life friend or something like that. Both have both have depth and need depth, and you need to consider that when like there's more to them besides that's color of their skin or gender or whatever you know whatever it may be.
1: I talked to my friend uh, or our mutual friend Jason Rostovsky once, and he brought up this thing where I guess there's this theory where in in some strange realm of philosophy, there's this theory that everyone is getting consciousness from the same TV signal, right? And he was just telling me about this crazy idea. I don't know what it is, so I can look it up. But um, it made me think about it. And I was working at Barnes and Noble at the time, and I had this one day at Barnes and Noble where I just looked at everyone and I was like, what if their thoughts are exactly the same as my thoughts? Like what if like not that we're thinking the exact same thing, but that like I'm like, they're just like me, except they have these other these other things going on. Like one's a woman, one's a man, one's this, one's that, one's something, you know. But, like, what if they all just felt like I do, but they just have these other qualifiers about them? And it like blew my mind. And I'm like, wow, it took me that long <laughs> to think of other people as being exa- like, could it could be possible to think and be the same Damn, way as me, feel the same way. And that's
0: quite privilege, y'all.
1: It's, it, you <laughs> heard it here first.
0: It took you that long to realize that people might think like you. Uh, yeah. That sounds bad. Like, it does sound think, bad, but it's real.
1: Yeah. It's just, it's just. Because you, you always think of other people as other people, but until you think of someone else as being like, oh, they're just like, like not just like me, like I'm so great, but th- the way that I'm feeling right now, that person might be feeling the exact same way, they thinking the exact same type of, you know, having the exact same type of experience, but it's just, you know, there's all these other things laid on top of it.
0: Yeah, so most people just won't say it out loud.
1: Yeah, well, maybe that was my mistake.
0: Imagine, honestly, <laughs> imagine if the if a conversation between a, a cop a police officer and an unarmed black man where the cop says i just want to let you know that based on the area that we are in and the and the way how this conversation is progressing i am beginning to fear for my life as an officer I, if they said that to the person i'm sure that other black, black unarmed black man would say officer i also would like to let you know that I am really nervous right now, and I also am fearing for my life because of the, you know, the nature of, of what has happened with other police officers, or someone in my family, or people I see on the news. And then both of them go, "Wait," you know, like like there there is a commonality there. They're both, they both are scared. Right right now, I think the narrative is that they don't people think that black people are not like black men are not afraid of anything. And so when they see us getting arrested, they think we just ready to turn into a, a monster or a raging hulk and like beat the shit out of everybody. And I'm like, no. We are human beings with fucking emotions. You point a gun in my face, it's gonna scare me just like it does anybody else. Doesn't matter if you're a thug, doesn't matter if you grew up around guns your whole life, guns equal death most of the time. Yeah. You know, so like that shit is scary. And yeah. every cop has one on their waist. So why would you not? Why would you not be scared, fray, afraid, or run away, or or get agitated, or be weird or abnormal if there's a if there's seven or eight men standing around you with guns on their waist? Yeah. So it's just it's just so interesting that uh like that, just using that as an example, those two people have never considered. I mean, man, I'm sure the unarmed black men have considered this, but they they don't get to live you know another day to explain it. Mm. But they. Uh, I don't think they ever. I don't think the cops most of the time ever think like, oh, they might also be thinking what I'm thinking. We might be thinking the same fucking thing. So let's. the, The the result is like, do not do not let this escalate into that to that thing. That someone is here is going to get hurt. You should both be trying to avoid that, especially you as a cop. You that's like it's like the principal and the student, like or the teacher and the student. If the teacher like, says a kid in their class that's acting out, and a teacher freaks out and just starts beating his of a little kid. Do you think everybody would be like, oh, well, it's because a teacher feared for their life and they couldn't, and they had to find a way to, to de escalate the situation? And I'm like, no, what the fuck? You were a teacher. You yeah. should know how to, you should, did, were you not trained on how to de escalate the situation? If you don't know what you need to do, then send them to the office and had a principal deal with it, then someone else. But that that is trained. But like, you know, it would never, it would never be acceptable. So that's yeah. why it doesn't make sense why it's acceptable for for people uh, in positions of power or positions of authority to to escalate to something you know so violent or crazy. It doesn't make sense uh, because that that is taking away the idea that these that each person on either side can think the same. like going back to what you were just saying,
1: yeah, yeah, and you shouldn't have to. Imagine yourself in the shoes of the other person in order to like give them the benefit of the doubt, but if that's a helpful exercise to you, do it. You shouldn't have to do that in order to see other people as people, but if if that's what it takes, like that's what like they need to start doing that,
0: yeah, just imagine that someone is probably thinking the same thing you're thinking like that like when it comes to to emotions that like to like fear and stuff like that and 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 sadness and hurt and pain and joy or joy. Like I, I'm not saying like if you are if you're just like mad and angry and you hate everybody, like yeah, I think the guy's also thinking the same thing I'm thinking. No. Like, like we talked about before, that anger and stuff might just be a result of of pain. And yeah. and which is the same way when you see like people all these young people protesting and stuff like that. It's, the, the anger is the result, but that's not the reason. Like, it's not, it's not why they're out there. So, yeah. it's like, you gotta, you gotta address that. And they're frustrated, just like the people who don't want their masks are frustrated. But, like,
1: uh, One is a little bit of a bigger one's deal.
0: A, one's a ridiculous, <laughs> and the other one is a big, huge issue. But at the end of the day, the real problem is that all Americans are just frustrated. Yeah. So, like, why don't we fix everything? great, great idea. Instead of saying, stop trying to fix that, let's try to fix my one issue. No, we're going to fix all of them. Because I promise you, if you fix the worst one first, it's, everything else will fall into place. Amen. Thank you for listening to Black Man in the Right World. If you like what you heard, please like, subscribe, or follow our podcast now. For more, check out blackmanrightworld.com and leave us a comment. But if you're more secretive about your shade, then email us at
1: blackmanrightworld at gmail.com.
0: Thanks, everybody. Bye. Oh, Why are you saying like that? I wanted to say something else. Well, I don't know. Tell you that.